What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. And this week, we have Mike Schmitz on the line with us. Now, Mike is a podcaster, productivity professional, and faith-based productivity coach. Now, I know before we jump into it, I mentioned this in the show as well, but yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I have Christian beliefs, and I live by uh, those Christian beliefs. But I don't want people who are not Christians to feel like this episode is not for you. Uh, it absolutely is. We, in fact, don't really talk much about the Christian aspect of Mike's practice at all. For those that don't know, Mike is a father of five. He went from working in a family business to working with one of the largest productivity companies in the world, that is Asian Efficiency, to now go venturing out and doing his own thing with faith-based productivity. And he's also a, a podcaster where he podcasts with Bookworm, with uh, Joe Bulig, and on the Focus podcast for Relay FM with David Sparks. Now, I'm sure you've probably heard a couple of those names in there uh, all in the past before. So... Mike has a wealth of knowledge in the productivity space, and we really dive into what it was like making that transition for him of getting behind something that he believed in and and wanting to really pursue it uh, with full focus and intent and how he set himself up to be in that position. And again, this has nothing to do with his faith. This has everything to do with his character, and I think that that will definitely stand out in this conversation. The after show in this one is such a great one. I wind up, uh, he interviews me for those that don't know in the after show. If you sponsor a week of hosting to J and J media, which is the media company that I run and I use to run this podcast and other podcasts. If you sponsor a week of hosting, which is $3, I believe one time, not monthly, just, you know, or as much or as little as you want then you gain access, permanent access to the bonus feed where it also includes my bonus conversation with Mike in the Bobblehead Show with Bobblehead Joe. Now, Mike and I dig deep into what my plans are for Pitt, for J&J Media, for all my personal things and how that affects me in my productivity life. And Mike is one of those people that I've looked up to for years. So to have someone that I looked up to for so long interview me and ask me questions that will help eventually put me in the same position that he's in, uh, it was really valuable to me and I hope that it's valuable for you. So if you're interested uh, and want to learn more about that, you can go to the link in the show notes um, that says support this podcast. And I'm not even going to hold it with any more talking. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Mike Schmitz. I'm sitting here with Mike Schmitz. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you, Jay? I'm doing just great. Mike has been in the productivity space for a few years now, um, longer than I've been in the productivity space. I remember reading his material 
as I was preparing myself, you know, with the original launch of Productivity in Tech. Uh, he is an author of, of the wonderful book, Thou Shalt Hustle, which I can never remember. Is it Thou Shall or Shalt? <laughs> it's Shalt. <laughs> That's what I thought. More King James-ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's also worked with the Productivity Powerhouse Asian Efficiency, and lately he has actually branched out, um, and as well as doing his bi-weekly podcast with other guests of the show, uh, Joe Bulig, uh, Bookworm, where they read a book or more in two weeks, something that I cannot keep up with. Uh, he is also starting a course called Faith-Based Productivity, and as someone who has had the opportunity to check this course out, um, for those that don't know, I am a per- I'm, I'm a Christian, I have Christian beliefs, and uh, I don't want to steer someone who maybe doesn't believe the same way that I do away from listening to this episode. I think that you will learn a lot. We're not really going to talk too much about the course, uh, but I encourage you to learn a lot from what Mike has gone through, and we're going to break that down a little bit more in this conversation. So, Mike, I, I've talked all about the business side. Uh, let's let's talk about you. Like, what? who is Mike Schmitz? <laughs> Mike Schmitz is a poser. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's what it feels like sometimes, uh, because I appreciate all the the kind things that you you said about me. But as we were talking about before we hit the big red button, uh, a lot of this stuff is kind of trial and error. And so the place that I'm at in my career currently, it's a little bit refreshing because I've kind of rebranded the uh, the other podcast I do is with David Sparks. Uh, it's called Focused. It used to be called Free Agents. Now it's a productivity podcast, but kind of along the lines of that nobody really has this stuff figured out. It's a lot of trial and and error. And so if I were to give one piece of advice to anybody who is listening to this, it would be just go make your thing. It's not going to be perfect. Don't compare yourself to something else that's out there. Go ahead and make your mistakes. But then as you make the mistakes, kind of as you iterate in public, as my friend Sean McCabe would say, people are still going to be encouraged by your journey. And as long as you have a growth mindset and you're looking to get better, you're looking to improve every time that you do something, that's the the real key. So I really haven't been in the productivity space or even online for that long. It's only been a, a handful of, of years. And it was really scary when I first wrote that that book that got me, got me here. But... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is like you just just keep doing the, the next thing and eventually you will get to the point where you do have a couple things figured out and then you just teach what you know. Uh, you don't have to worry about the the imposter syndrome if you <laughs> if you confess that you don't have all the answers at the very beginning. So I remember you mentioning in I think when you first jumped on uh, to replace uh, Jason Snell on on free agents, which again, now you said is focused. Uh, I remember that episode where I had no idea. I was like, I, I have to admit, like I thought it was going to be Casey list because I remember that was the same time that Casey, everybody did. (laughs) Yeah. Like everybody was like, Oh, it's going to be Casey. Like he just quit his job. And then like, Oh, here's Mike. And what, what Mike's no longer did. What? (laughs) Like, did you feel like everyone, did you feel like you had big shoes to fill when you made that transition? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jason Snell is, he's on half of the podcast that I listen to, I feel like. 
uh, his, he's one of the, the patriarchs in the Apple tech space, which is kind of the same spaces that I, I play in with the productivity space. There's a lot of, lot of overlap there. And uh, I guess just a little bit of background on, on how that came to be. It kind of ties into what I said at the beginning. Like you just keep making your thing and you keep getting better. And eventually as you get better, Cal Newport would say, become so good they can't ignore you. Like people start to notice. So if you go back and look at my book, which I need to update, I don't even like going back and reading it because I've learned a lot since I wrote it and there's so much stuff I want to change. But anyways, in that book, I talk about a couple people that I really look up to and I label them my internet heroes. David Sparks is one of those people. Okay. And then I start doing bookworm and David starts listening to bookworm. And he starts sending me emails, uh, encouraging emails after listening to some of the episodes, giving me some advice on how I can get in front of other groups and start speaking more often and stuff like that. And I'm just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And we're going back and forth a little bit. And then uh, he reaches out and he's like, hey, I want to start a podcast with you. Let's talk about some productivity stuff. I like the approach that you take and I think we could do something kind of cool. So we were kicking around that idea. And at the time, I was still working with Asian Efficiency. I ran everything by Tan because I didn't want to be in a conflict of, of interest or anything. He's like, yeah, go for it. And then uh, Jason decided to leave. David contacted me. He said, well, we've got this, this podcast already. Sponsors lined up. You want to just walk into this one? I think you'd be a good fit. My initial response was not really because I'm not a free agent. <laughs> he's like, no, you have all the, the right mindsets though. Like you'll add a lot of value to the, the audience. So I think you'd be a good fit. I think, think we should do this. Okay, sure. We'll give it a shot, you know? And then, um, so I guess long story short, I'm no longer with Asian efficiency and I don't want to get into details, but it was not my choice. It caught me by surprise. Uh, and at the end of the year, since I'm no longer with Asian Efficiency, uh, we we're talking about the the Focus podcast or free agents, and realizing that a lot of the people that listened to it weren't free agents, but they listened to it anyways, and they liked the the stuff that we talked about. We kind of thought, well, maybe we should appeal this to a broader audience. So that's kind of how we we morphed it into to Focus, and I'm pretty proud of the, the episodes that we've released so far. And now, like. David's a friend of mine. He's been very encouraging. He's given me a lot of advice during this transition period. But if you go back to the beginning and if you were to tell Mike at the beginning, you're going to become podcast co-host with David Sparks, like I tell you, you were crazy because I couldn't see the way that, that that could happen. I didn't see the path forward to that point. But you don't need to see the whole path. You know, you really just need to start doing your thing and you need to constantly ask yourself, what's the next best thing? And that may take you in some interesting directions like it did me. <laughs> so I, I definitely have enjoyed the the Focus podcast. And the one about email was was crazy because I, I think I haven't argued with you or David as much as I have in my own like AirPods uh, during that episode. Not because of anything you're doing wrong, just because I don't want to be wrong either. So <laughs> I, uh, I definitely have enjoyed that content. And, you know, like you said, the, the information that you were providing, although the target audience was initially people who were free agents, I, I've learned a, a long time ago, like even with this podcast, uh, before we took our break, the audience that was listening were more creatives than they were 
developers. And I think the harder I pushed in the direction of, no, this is for developers. No, this is for, you know, developers, designers, programmers, blah, 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 blah. The harder it became for me in just letting the thing kind of take a life of its own. Um, And I, I say that in thinking that I was the person that wanted to be a free agent, listening to free agents, hoping because I, I wasn't a free agent yet, but thinking like, oh, maybe I can, you know, put this in my direction. Uh, I think that making the thing is important, but I think sometimes trying to uh, niche down to what you think the audience is is probably one of the biggest like productivity snares that people run into. It was like, I have a specific vision for this and I'm approaching that vision. Although over here, I'm neglecting this whole vision that, that wasn't in my plans. Um, and I, and I, I want to kind of bring this all together by asking you was faith-based productivity, the plan for you? I know writing the book was a big goal that you had and you accomplished it, but taking that to the next level with creating a course, was that all a part of the master plan of, of what Mike Schmitz does? <laughs> uh, that's a tough one to answer. I would say yes and no, um, depending on when you asked me. So when I wrote the book and even for a period after I wrote the book, I really didn't anticipate having something else next that was faith-based. I was very content working with Asian efficiency and felt that my personal core values aligned with the company core values very well. And I talked about my faith on the podcast, not in a preaching sort of a way, but just in a story sort of a way where this is me and this is how I arrived at the conclusions that I arrived at and why I do the things that I do. And that authentic story didn't seem to alienate anybody. Um, But after a couple of years there, I kind of got the itch for something bigger. I had been making a lot of video courses with Asian Efficiency, so that was kind of a a logical place to go next. Now, the course for faith-based productivity is different than a lot of the stuff that I had done previously, though, because it's me in front of a camera. So I know how to build things in ScreenFlow. I know how to make videos and record audio and grab slides and use Keynote. But this was something totally different. And it took a while to get to the point where I was confident enough in front of a camera to make this course the way that it currently exists. I had been, uh, I joined Toastmasters probably a couple of years ago now, cranked through the, the first 10 speeches, which you need to get your competent communicator, entered a couple of contests, I was actually, I I don't consider myself a funny guy, but I competed in the humorous speech contest and I won like four different rounds, made it to the finals, which is the whole state of Wisconsin and the upper peninsula of Michigan and lost to a professional comedian. And that was a pretty cool experience. Number one, it gave me a lot of practice speaking in front of people. And number two, it showed me that I had some skills that I didn't think I had, <laughs> that I could actually write a humorous speech and I could actually be funny. Not that I'm the guy who tends to be very outgoing and tell all the jokes, but uh, it, it pushed me outside of my, my comfort zone and I had a, a bit of success with it, which was kind of shocking to be honest. But everything along my journey has been a little bit shocking. Like I never really 
wanted to do podcasts. I was terrified of talking live into a microphone. I didn't think I could think on my feet that fast. And then I started doing webinars, which were even more scary because these are live in front of people. And then I started doing public speaking, which they say the average person, their number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Uh, that was definitely me. I would rather be in the coffin than speaking at the funeral. <laughs> but I've overcome it because I put myself in that position with the mindset that I'm going to learn how to do this and I'm going to figure out what I did wrong and the mistakes that I made along the way. Um, which side note, that's one of the things that I think Toastmasters is really great at is it gives you a non-threatening environment where you're free to make your mistakes and people are all there in order to learn and to get better. And regardless of your goal, whether it's public speaking or it doesn't matter. Like if you can find a community that is open and supportive like that, that will help you a ton in, uh, in, in growing your, your skills. You know, I, I have always been like looking at Toastmasters from the outside in. Um, that has been something that I just have not been able to make that jump. And, and speaking of which, uh, I kind of want to take that whole making the jump kind of into my next question. I remember at one point there were talks about uh, me potentially doing a course uh, with Asian efficiency. And I had sat down and I had talked, I believe I talked with you and I talked with a few others in the company and I want to say it was you and and I'm forgive me if it wasn't, but I'm almost certain it was you. No, Um, it was me and it was uh, analog Analog productivity. Yeah, analog productivity and bullet journal specifically, I think. (laughs) Which I'm still doing to this day. But but (laughs) at the same time, like I just remember you saying, this sounds like something that you really have a good shot with. You should not (laughs) put this because you're going to lose ownership of this. How, when when something like faith-based productivity... Obviously, it has a spin of you're doing things because you are ordained by God to do those things. How important is it that it is you doing that thing? How important is it that Mike is fulfilling faith-based productivity and Mike isn't supporting someone else doing faith-based productivity? How important is that for you? Well, for me personally, it's extremely important because this is kind of the the thing for me. If you were to uncover your own purpose, the reason that you are here on this earth, like that's going to provide the motivation and it's going to be the the why behind everything that you do. I've always kind of considered my Christian faith to be like the spiritual why behind all the productivity things. I think productivity and, and stewardship, which is a concept from Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents, that those are very closely related. But to make your question a little bit broader to anybody who happens to be listening to this right now, it is extremely important that you do the thing that you are supposed to do rather than support somebody else who's doing the thing that you are are supposed to do. Uh, I'm currently reading a book by John Maxwell, A Leadership. And he has a quote in there from Phillips Brooks, who is a 1900s preacher who wrote actually the hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And he said, sad will be the day for every man when he becomes absolutely contented with the life he is living, 
with the thoughts that he is thinking, with the deeds that he is doing, when there is not forever beating at the doors of his soul some great desire to do something larger, which he knows that he was meant and made to do. So my personal belief is that everybody has that thing and you won't find it until you really start asking the right questions and start looking for it. But once you do find it and you connect to it, that is going to be the most fulfilling thing that you could ever do. I love that. And and I think that is something that I have struggled with because I've always been a, a big idea person. Uh, I've always wanted to I never want to build a single statue. I want to build the Empire State Building. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, build a, I don't want to write a blog post. I want to, you know, publish a book. And for me, it's always a matter of getting in over my head. Um, you know, if you look at the parable of the talents, one person got, you know, five or 10, one person got five, one person got one. Um, I've never considered myself a 10 talent person. Uh, some people might put that on me i ask that they don't because i don't know if i can handle it uh but at the same time how do you how do you figure out where you are in that position how do you figure out okay i feel like this is my lane this is what i'm supposed to be doing let me get into that or how do you know when maybe you're stepping a little bit outside of your lane and going into someone else's uh what has what has been I guess the guardrails for you in this career change and in this decision. Sure. Well, let me address one thing specifically because I forget exactly how you phrased it just now, but you mentioned staying in your lane versus crossing over into somebody else's. Uh, And I think there's a difference between doing that and doing something that you feel you shouldn't be doing just because somebody else is doing it better. I personally believe that there is more than enough success for everyone to go around. And you don't need to view it as a scarce commodity. You don't have to view it as, well, Mike has this productivity podcast that he does with David Sparks. So I guess I better not create a productivity podcast because it's just not going to be successful. There's only so many listeners and they're all listening to that one. All right. So that's that's a little bit different. Um, the other thing I would say in regards to connecting to the the thing that you're supposed to be doing and doing that, like how do you, I mean, there's, there's a lot in there. You, for some people, it could be balancing. I know I'm supposed to be writing, but like you said, maybe I want to write this book instead of writing the blog post. The blog post is the thing that I could do every day, but it's also the thing that I'm just not motivated to do. And that's where a lot of the tactical productivity advice, I think, can, can come in handy. So number one thing I would say, don't look at it at a, as a project basis. Think about the end game. Think about your big vision and then the identity that you need to associate with that thing. One of the best books I've read in the last year is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about that. He talks about identity-based habits as opposed to outcome-based habits. With an identity-based habit, you become the person who does the activity that you want to turn into a habit. So let's just talk about your project, Jay, with the, the book, okay? So you want to become a writer. What does a writer do? They write. It doesn't really matter the form. What matters is that you show up every day. Now, let's bring that back to the parable of the, the talents. 
I think there's a couple things you can glean from that passage of, of scripture. And it's not just from a Christian context. It's really the compound effect. Okay. So at the beginning of this story, there's a guy who's got five, there's a guy that's got, that has got two and, the, and there's a guy that's got one. Okay. And the guy who has five, it says that he went immediately and got to work with it. So I kind of think that at that point in the story, we're kind of joining it in progress. He's qualified himself. He's got enough capacity to handle five talents, which talents, by the way, in Bible times, that represents money. And then the, uh, the guy with two, again, like he goes and he works it and then he multiplies it. The guy who got one, he didn't do anything, uh, anything with it. Now, the other thing here that we see here is that they both doubled. So if you were to take that pattern of multiplication and continue it, you will quickly, you will quickly have more than enough. Uh, it, you just have to keep multiplying the talents that you have. If you were to take a penny and double it for 30 days, you've got over a million dollars. One of my best or one of the, my favorite stories on the topic of multiplication it's about the guy who invented the game of chess. And the story goes that he went to the king of the country where he lived and the king was amazed. He's like, what do you want for this amazing invention? He says, I want one grain of rice doubled for every square in the chessboard. So 64 squares, one grain of rice for the first, two for the second, four for the third, eight for the fourth, so on. And after a week, he asked the royal treasurer, did you pay the guy? He says, no, we don't have enough on the royal treasury because it's like 9,000 trillion grains of rice. Okay, and that's what people don't understand is if you just show up every day, if you just don't break the chain, and if you just do the thing over and over and over again with the right mindset, I mean, you can't just keep doing rote repetition, not learning anything and not getting better. But as long as you approach it with a growth mindset and you do it all the time, it really doesn't take long for that compound effect to kick in. You don't see it immediately. This is why with New Year's resolutions, people burn out and they stop going to the gym before the end of January because they're working really hard and they're not seeing any gains yet. Okay, but if you stick with it, the gains will come and it becomes easier the more that you do it. So that's that's what I would say to anybody who's listening to this and, and to you specifically, Jay, is like if you have this vision for where you want to be in the future, identify the thing that you need to do, who you need to become, and then just do that thing over and over and over again. Another thing James Clear says is that every time you do that thing, you're casting a vote for the type of person you want to become. So think about an election. You know, whoever gets the most votes wins. So if you show up every day and you cast a vote, eventually you're going to win the election and you are going to be a writer. I think that that is probably the biggest value there. And, and especially when you're talking about compounding, um, you know, just starting at something. Uh, I, have a, I have a client who, you know, is wanting to get into blogging and they're like, I don't, I don't know what the first post is going to be, be about. And I said, well, what's the second post going to be about? And they're like, oh, well, eventually I want to get to talking about this stuff. So we'll just do that. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, but the first one should be an introduction. And I'm like, oh, why? Because in what world does someone go to someone's blog and say, you know what? I really wonder what this blog is about. Let me go back to article number one and <laughs> see what they talk about in their introductory post. And right. um, I, I have to ask, and, and this will probably be the, the the final question before we jump into the after show, uh, just because I'm excited to to field questions from you because I feel like you're going to uh, really bring the heat on this one. Uh, but in that moment, people have such a hard time starting. Um, I know uh, John Acuff just finished a book. Uh, you know, one of, one of my favorite books was him was Start, and the other one was Finish. <laughs> so um, for me. 
I, I love the idea of just jumping in and, and going into it. Was that something that you struggled with uh, going on to this journey into becoming a an independent creator? Was this some? Did you have any trouble getting started or dealing with those first few days? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a constant struggle, to be honest. And by the way, John Acuff's next book is Do Over. So once you start and you finish and you mess it up, <laughs> you get to try again. <laughs> um, and I think that's really the pattern. And to be honest, like with faith-based productivity, like I mentioned at the beginning, this is kind of outside my comfort zone. This is not something that I've I've done before. I am nervous about putting this out into the world. I believe that it will be good. I have made it the very best that I can do, but at some point, like you have to trust that it's going to be good enough and people are going to benefit from it. And that's really scary when you're you're unsure about it. If you've done something a bunch of times, you kind of know what the expectations are. For example, if I record a, a podcast episode at this point, I kind of know whether people will really like it or if they're not going to get that much much out of it, uh, at least the audience that I typically speak to. I, I know what they're looking for, so to speak, but you don't always know what people are looking for. And that can be really scary. That's when you really gotta gotta dig deep and you gotta go back to your your main reason for why you're doing the thing that you're doing. It kind of gets back to the whole idea of passion that I talk about in the book, which I tie passion back to the the Latin root of the word passion is the word pati. It means to suffer. And so a lot of people think passion is like doing the thing that you you love to do. My passion project is this thing I just love working on, right? Wrong. Your passion project is the thing that kills you if you don't get it out. If you can't get it out of your your heart, that's really what the book was for me. It's what the course eventually became. I sat on the idea for that course for about a year. And over that year, I kept collecting. I kept researching. I just kept jotting down all these notes, different ideas that I had. It eventually got to the point where it's like, I just can't keep this thing inside of me anymore. It hurts too much. So I called up my brother and I'm like, hey, you want to help me make this thing? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And, and as, as we're recording this right now, the first batch of videos is, is released. Uh, I'm still working on getting the other ones up. Hopefully, it's going to be done by the, the end of, of February here. But the videos, videos themselves are, are done. I've got a little bit of work to do yet with the, the course workbook and, and stuff like that, which that kind of leads to another point in that once you start doing this thing, once you connect to your, your why, which I guess I'll just for, for context, my why, the thing that makes me go, my life theme, I call it, is I want to help people answer the question, why am I here? By inspiring, encouraging, and teaching them to connect to their calling, discover their destiny, living the life they were created for. Okay, so everything that I do, I try to filter or view through that lens. And if it's in alignment with that life theme, then it provides the motivation to follow through and do it. Once you start, once you take that first step, usually it ends up being way bigger and way harder than you thought it was going to be. <laughs> but if you believe in the vision and you've got the motivation, you've got a strong enough why, then you can follow through and you just keep taking one step after another and, and eventually you, you get to the, the final destination. That reminded me of uh, in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, uh, she talks about the idea of inspiration being kind of that thing that is fleeting. And I, kn I know that she takes it from the original idea that the Greek idea of, you know, inspiration was like your muse was a was a thing. It was the spirit that 
it was either with you or it wasn't. And if you didn't have it, if it wasn't there for you, then you wouldn't be inspired to create. You wouldn't be able to do these things. And she she likened it to the idea of it's it's like a, a friend that comes in the wind. You know, it might stop by and say hi. It might, you know, you might see it, but then it disappears again. But you have to do your best to put yourself in the position to be where it's going to be. You're going to have to do things that aren't going to be inspiring just because inspiration might come out of it. And that's one of the things that I do with these conversations. Uh, Last year was very tough for me. Giving up the Pit Podcast was tough for me. And I just remember being in that position of like, I need this in my life because there are so many wonderful people who are there to inspire. Like, I feel like they can inspire me. And if they inspire me, I know that they can inspire someone else. So I say all of that to thank you for coming onto the show and inspiring me to continue to push in that direction. Uh, but before we, we jump into the after show, which I have to tell the listeners out there, uh, at the end of each show, my guest interviews me and they ask me whatever questions they want. It can be about what I ate this morning. It can be about uh, my life goals or anything. As someone who has looked up to Mike and has kind of watched you know, the journey that he's taken for a few years now. I am excited to hear more from him in regards to my life. I'm, I'm excited to hear him speak into my life. And I think if you are not listening to his podcast, if you're not, you know, listening to his course, if you are wondering what you are supposed to be doing, if you are struggling before you even sign up to be one of my coaching clients, listen to him because he has this ability to just kind of get you motivated and amped. I, I got like five blog posts out of this conversation and it's only been 30 minutes and <laughs> I've been like trying to write them all down on, I have to keep muting my mic to like write each idea down and like, okay, when I was interviewing Mike Schmitz, I you know, and uh, so definitely uh, learn how to support us. It's in the show notes. I'm not going to rally on about that, but Mike, please tell everybody where they can see about see all the things that you're doing and where they can uh, reach out to you uh, if they want to be as inspired as I am. <laughs> well, thank you for the the kind words. Uh, the course is at faithbasedproductivity.com. And as I mentioned, I'm still putting the finishing touches on it, but it's going to be released very shortly. I do have a special pre-order until the course is 100% done. So the base course I am selling, it's got 22 videos. It's, a, it's like three or four hours of, of content. And then the, uh, the course workbook that goes along with it, uh, some resources like my daily planning template, planning your perfect week, the wheel of life, all that kind of stuff. And that is $197. Uh, I am currently selling that with the personal retreat course, which is another course that I put together on the whole topic of hosting your own personal retreat, one of the things that has really allowed me to execute on my 12-week year goals for the last several quarters, and also a coaching call with me. And that package would normally be $347, but that's discounted. That's $197 until the, uh, until the course is officially launched. So you can find that at faithbasedproductivity.com. And then I've got a couple other podcasts. We mentioned them today. Uh, Bookworm is the one that I do with Joe Bielig, where we read a self-development 
or a productivity type book every couple of weeks. That's at bookworm.fm. And then Focused is the productivity podcast I do with David Sparks, which is about more than just cranking widgets. That's at relay.fm slash focused. And you can find links to everything else that I might happen to be doing (laughs) online at mikeschmitz.me. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Again, that was Mike Schmitz. Mike, thank you so much for being a guest uh, on the podcast. And just a reminder, the conversation didn't stop there. We had to jump on the Bobblehead Show with Bobblehead Joe. That was my interview, or I guess Mike's interview with me, talking about my goals that I had, a little bit about my background and how I got to the point that I am today. I know that I often talk a lot about that stuff, but uh, this one kind of went into a little different area of that whole origin story. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to say I really enjoyed the conversation that I had with Mike. Uh, the second time I've chatted with him uh, in this capacity. And I know that there's going to be plenty of more conversations that I have. In fact, I'm going to be one of his coaching clients uh, in the faith-based productivity course. So if that is one of the things that you are interested in, you can go to faithbasedproductivity.com. I don't get any, you know, kickback for that or anything like that. I really think I've been following the course. I'm about three-fourths of the way through it. I've really enjoyed the content that Mike's brought. I've learned a lot. I'm hoping to continue learning a lot. And like he said, if you sign up now and you pre-order, you also get access to the personal retreat course, which is, I haven't checked it out yet, but I have been told by a few people that it is very, very impactful and helped change the way that they thought about themselves, their career goals, and ultimately their productivity. Now, if you want to catch the the bonus show, be sure to head over to the link in the show notes. Uh, that's at our Ko-Fi page, ko-fi.com slash Media. And while you're there, check out some of the other shows that I'm on. Ask a Brit. Uh, I know I've been sick this week, so we're taking a break uh, for this week. Only this week. Don't worry. There should be more shows coming up. But that's going to do it for this week. I'm already excited for the conversation that I have coming up next week. Once again, thanks to Nadir Omawali for the use of his music, uh, a hustler in spite of myself for the intro and outro music. And if you are not yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button in whatever podcast player you are listening to. And if you have any comments, thoughts, let me know. I'm on Twitter at KJAYMiller, all one word. And of course, you can always follow Productivity in Tech on Twitter at prod underscore in underscore tech. Uh, once again, thanks to Nadir. Thanks to Mike. Uh, thank you personally for listening. And for the Productivity in Tech podcast, I'm Jay Miller, and I hope we've been productive. I'll see you next week.